Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success. When you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline, you will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Today we have a special guest, and his name is Travis Ravel, and we are going to be discussing the, how to maximize the sales process. So Travis, excuse me, Travis is a former corporate executive and turned entrepreneur in the internet and healthcare sectors, and he has founded many successful businesses and has raised hundreds of millions of dollars for his clients. And I've had the pleasure of meeting him several times. We're part of a mastermind together. And every time I get the opportunity to learn from Travis, I walk away with some type of gold nuggets. And this is my first time to really dive in, pick his brain, and hopefully we can all learn something new. So Travis, thank you for coming. I'm excited about having you, picking, picking your brain and learning and growing myself. So thanks for coming here today. Thanks for having me, JR. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. So I want to start out with uh, going back to how you got started as a first off the sales professional, but how you got started as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so funny story. So, so I grew up. My uh, my father was an entrepreneur. Um, so he had, you know, multiple different businesses that you know most entrepreneurs kind of struggle with along the way. Um, and then he started a, a successful home healthcare company um, in the early '80s. And so, you know, my early life was was helping him with his business. Um, doing odd jobs around there, learning how important it was um, really to know everything that's going on in your business, right? From the front to the back. Um, so started with that. Um, my family, you know, outside of my father, were definitely not entrepreneurs. I come from a, a, a very blue collar steel mill town. Um, and I'm really the, I'm the first person in my family to not work at the steel mill at some point. Um, and so I knew at a young age that I, I wanted to run my own companies. I wanted to have uh, my own business. Um, you know, the allure of entrepreneurship was something that, that I had at a young age. Um, and so, you know, having my father to kind of watch him, what was successful, what wasn't successful, um, was really kind of the start of that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was good growing up in that type of environment. Yeah. So what type of role did you play inside of your father's business? So really started off um, when I was 12 years old, um, we did home oxygen was, was part of his big business. And so it's a very manual process of filling these oxygen tanks, right? Um, Got to have these oxygen tanks. So, so patients who are um, on home health, you know, oxygen, they, they've got those tanks readily available. So I would, I would get paid, you know, 25 cents to fill these, these massive oxygen tanks. And so that's how I started. Um, and then I started learning how to <clears throat> repair um, what are called oxygen concentrators. Um, and then as I got older and kind of into college, um, I started, we went to multiple locations. Um, so I learned how to kind of manage multiple locations. My father had never done it before. Nobody had ever done it before. So it was just kind of learning um, as we went. Um, and I was a business major in college. And so I would learn new things um, in school. And then I would, you know, try to incorporate that into the business and, and, and drive forward from a technology standpoint. Um, and yeah, and just, just really every single part of the business I, I had to learn um, and which 
helped me as I continue to expand and have my own businesses, that basic understanding of knowing what's happening from the front door to the back door um, and knowing kind of all aspects of your business, at least having your hands on it. Um, I learned that that was very important. Yeah. So right out of high school, you went to college. Did you start your first business at that time or did you kind of wait until you finish your degree? No. So I actually, I, I, you know, part of, part of the, part of the dream was, you know, my father wanted to kind of pass the business on to my younger brother and I. Um, but, you know, while I was in college, I tell this story, right? Like what, what happened? Why did you, why did you leave your, your family business? And so my dad made this comment to me one day, um, I was trying to push him to, to do, you know, expand the business, grow it. I was young, I was hungry, right? I wanted to do more stuff. Um, my dad was at a point where he was, he was content. And so he made a comment to me one day where he said, um, I'll never have a better job than the one he gave me. And so that was the last day I worked for my dad. Um, oh. And so, yeah, so it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way, right? And so I actually... I walked out that day and we had a Verizon B2B sales rep. Um, and she was, she was super cool lady. Um, you know, seemed like a cool job. So I called her and I was like, Hey, I need a job. She was like, why do you need a job? Like you've got a job. And I was like, no, I need a job. And she was like, well, the only thing I can get, get for you is a, a part-time retail sales associate working in the stores. I was like, I'll take it. And so um, I started doing that while I was in college I did that for about four months in the retail store. You got to remember, this is cell phones in 2002, right? So a lot different. There was a ton of upward mobility at that point. I mean, I was selling the first colored flip phone that was out. Um, so, so definitely, definitely right, aging myself. Um, but I took that role, went to B2B sales, um, at that time, closed one of the largest sales that, that Verizon had ever had um, with Boeing. Um, and then just started, you know, kind of my career in, in the telecom space. Um, went to a couple different companies, increasing um, my job title, my roles and responsibilities. Um, fast forward that all the way up until 2010, I was with a company called Clearwire. Clearwire, we built the uh, first 4G network. Right. So everybody's talking about 5G now. This was 4G. 4G was, you know, all inspiring at the time. Um, I was a vice president level position at that company. We got bought up by Sprint. And instead of kind of continuing the rat race in corporate America, um, I took a buyout, moved back to St. Louis, and I started my first company then. Okay. So with with Clearwire, I kind of remember that a little bit because Nate was dove into that a while as yeah. well, and and uh, I and it actually got me to buy it and and use it as well. So I, I remember those days. I didn't know you were involved with that. I knew the Sam was. I never really knew Sam, but you know Nate was like, "This is the best thing you got, the fastest internet." And then I get, yeah. I was like, "Oh, that really worked too well." But uh, yeah, so yeah, so when you when I you switched, your... yeah, that's actually where I, well, that's where I met Nate. I met Sam in college, and that's where I met Nate. So um, they okay. were. Yeah, they were they were one of our master agents, uh, specifically in St. Louis, Missouri. So they did a they did a great job with it. But yeah, that's where I met him. That's where we started our journey together. That's awesome. So when you finished the, or you so got bought up by Sprint with Clearwire, mm -hmm. you say you started your first business of your own. What was that? Yeah. So it was a it was a medical business. So um, my wife had been 
in the medical field all through college, you know, from college still to this day. And at the time for Clearwire, um, I'm running, you know, a uh, billion dollar PL for them. We're, we're managing multiple states, hundreds of employees, thousands of, of points of distribution. Um, and my wife was in the laboratory space at the time. And she was like, hey, she was like, you know, we traveled all across the country, moved for different jobs, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you know, we were uh, getting ready to turn 30 years old. And she was like, you know, we need to move home. I want to start a family. And she's like, you know, you really need to take a look at, at you know, what I'm doing because I think you'd be very successful. I see people who have, you know, similar skill sets as you that, you know, come into the medical space and, and make significantly more money than I was making at the time. Um, and she's like, it's something that, you know, we could, we could possibly do together. And that was something, right, coming from my kind of my, my background of having, you know, a family company, um, that was something that was very intriguing to me. Um, and, you know, I've always looked at business as it doesn't matter what product you have, right? A widget is a widget is a widget. Um, if you can sell, if you know how to run distribution, if you know how to run business, um, you know, you might have to learn about obviously understanding your product, understanding your target market, all of those things. Um, but I come from a healthcare background, right? So I, I had kind of, I, I was used to, from my father's company, you know, calling on physicians, working with hospitals. I was used to all kind of the, the things that seem scary, right, from a medical side. Um, and at this point, I had a little bit of cushion, right? So I could, I, I, I bet on myself, right? I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends who had that same cushion from kind of that contract buyout, um, they went out, they bought cars, they bought boats, they bought houses, they did all the things. Um, I moved back to St. Louis. I prepaid for a year lease on a, on an apartment so that I didn't have to worry about that expense. And I gave myself a year, right, to be able to bet on myself and see what you know what I could do with it. And so the first the first product I started selling was a genetic test. Um, and so this this laboratory is a new test that just came out. Um, this laboratory was hiring you know, 1099 salespeople. Um, so I just called them up and I was like, I'm interested. And, and so they kind of ran them through my background. Um, and they were like, yeah, fly in. We'd love to meet with you. And so I didn't know anything about genetic testing. So on my flight to Alabama, I crammed as much knowledge that could about genetic testing in my brain. So that when I sat down for this, you know, kind of interview, I could at least speak eloquently about the product, right? And so went in, uh, kind of pitched myself. Um, they turned around and they said, hey, listen, you know, we have uh, 75 sales reps kind of across the country. We know how to run genetics, but we don't really know how to run a sales team. And they're like, would you be interested in kind of helping us manage a sales team? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so started with that one product, um, you know, had 75 points of what I call distribution, 75 sales reps kind of across the field. Um, that went great for a couple of years. And, and then I just, you know, started funding different products um, that were complementary to the genetic tests um, that, you know, reps were already calling on doctors that would order other, other things, right? So we started funding that into it and it became successful, right? I mean, had a lot of points of distribution out there. Um, and that was, that was my first kind of foray into my own company, right? Managing payroll, understanding you know, marketing budgets, all these things that I had managed for another company, um, similar, similar stuff, right? But it was mine. And so there was the additional pressure of, 
making sure that everything was done the right way and correctly and a lot of bruise knees and, and, and bumps along the way. But um, I think that's important for entrepreneurs to, to get out there and do some things that make them uncomfortable and, and feel a little, a little rough um, to really learn how to do it the right way. Sounds like you kind of fell into the idea of helping a sales team or did you have experience doing that before you got asked to do that job? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you know, rewind back to the cellular days. I mean, I had hundreds of employees. Um, majority of them were salespeople. Um, so I knew how to, I knew how to manage a sales team. I knew, you know, I knew sales processes. Um, you know, the one thing I will say about corporate America, especially if you're in a leadership role is half of your time, you're, 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 you're learning, right? There, there's all these trainings, there's all these outside sources they bring in to, you know, make you the best leader that you can be. And so, you know, how I tried to differentiate my company is, you know, with a lot of outside sales, especially 1099, people would sell just on, hey, you can make X amount of money, right? They would sell the dream of, of, of how much money you can make. And that's important, right? But, you know, it's also important to have leadership, mentorship, growing your sales rep, right? Coaching your sales rep. And that was something still to this day, right? In the, in the direct sales channel, you're dealing with 1099 sales reps. There, there aren't a lot of companies that put the emphasis on training, coaching, mentoring, developing. They just put it on the end product. And I, I had come from, you know, 10 years of corporate America beating it into my brain, right? Development, 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 develop your people. And so I tried to bring really a hybrid approach into a marketplace that was oversaturated with we're all going to do things one way and it's the way we've always done it, right? We're going to sell off money. You make money. Great. If you don't make money, that's your fault. Right. And I took ownership on that. And I was like, no, you know, there's a different way to do this, right? You can provide people with a, a level of support to where they feel comfortable um, going out there and, and, and doing a job that, you know, is hard, right? We're having a 1099, you know, job is, is not an easy job, right? It's, it's feast or famine. And so we would go over sales techniques, we would go over, you know, coaching techniques, understanding call points, understanding what their, you know, what their ratio is from calls to sales, um, how to better that, how to close that gap. And so I was able to, you know, kind of have a niche little market in there where, you know, a lot of people in the healthcare space weren't focused on that at all. And that was very attractive to um, a lot of these sales reps, especially those who were kind of taking that leap from a, a more corporate sales environment, you know, like a J&J, &J, some of these big guys that are out there. Um, you know, these guys wanted to start their own company because in medical, especially, that's really where your money is at is when you, you run your own distributorship. But they didn't know how, right? And they were, they were used to the comfort of, of corporate America. And so I tried to bring that hybrid approach in there to differentiate myself and my company, but also to make sure, right, like, my sales guys are, are if my sales guys are successful, my company's successful. If my sales guys aren't successful, my company is not successful. And so, you know, I didn't want to get in the in that trap of constantly replacing salespeople. I wanted to take the people I had and try to make them better. Um, and there were there were guys that I had for for 10 years that that are still out there selling, you know. Um, and that that also was a part of me that I needed fulfilled. Right. So, you know, in job, you know, there's a lot of different boxes that need to be checked. Um, part of part of what fulfills me in a role is being able to coach and mentor and develop my people. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And we got to go to our first break, but uh, I definitely want to come back and learn a little bit more about what you're doing now. And then, then we'll kind of segue into some of these sales processes you're seeing that's working on today's market. So that way our audience can go out there and, and implement and do that. So stay tuned, everyone. We're going to come back after this first break. And now a word from our sponsors. Navigating the business world can be daunting. Welcome to the Business Leaders Network, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs ready to share invaluable experience. As a BLN member, enjoy dynamic networking opportunities with high-level entrepreneurs, learn cutting-edge strategies from industry experts, and gain a platform to showcase your business. Get started today for only $37, which is less than your daily cup of coffee. Join a community that can transform your business. Visit www.blncommunity.com to get started. Your success is our mission at BLN. Let's navigate the business world together. And now back to the show. So Travis, welcome back. Uh, I wanted to kind of hit back on something that you said about the retention of your sales reps because I, me personally, I've worked in many different sales types jobs and, and the manufacturing side, material handling, and the retention rate on there, it's like, it seems like sales reps are constantly jumping from one company to the next. It's like, okay, you pay them a little bit extra money, they're going to go to the next company or give them a little bit extra, they're going to go somewhere else. But you're able to keep people in there and learning and doing the same strategy you taught them for, you said, 10 years that are still doing it. What makes what you what makes what you different and what you've taught them different than all these other people and other companies? I I think, right, like people want to grow, you know what I mean? And so, you know, they 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 want to grow. They want different challenges. They want different responsibilities. Um, and so, you know, depending on your organization, right, if you're, if you're an organization that there isn't upward mobility, um, you've got to be creative. And so within our organization, uh, especially in the, in the medical sales scenario, um, there really isn't a ton of upward mobility, right? I mean, you've got a product, um, it is what it is. And so where I became creative was identifying complementary products. And, and so I always say like from a sales standpoint, it's easier to farm than it is to hunt, right? It's hard to go out there and hunt and find something. But if you've got, you know, a great customer in this in this regard, it would be a physician, right? A hospital, uh, ambulatory surgery center, whatever whatever that is. It's easier to farm than hunt. So it's easier to to find somebody who you've built a good relationship with. You understand that customer. You understand their needs. You understand where their their business is going, and and what we really put in front of our people is to make sure that they're constantly you know having new products that are again complementary. You don't want to have a Chinese food menu, right? Where it's just it's just twenty pages of products, but it's hey you know here's three or four or five products that all fit within this specific call point, um, and that way you're doing a couple different things, right? You become more important to your your customer, your consumer, because you're providing more than one solution for them, and your sales reps, right, are 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 making money off multiple different product lines. You know, so they're they're able to um, you know monetize those relationships even better, and and that's really right. I mean, it's not if there, there's there's no secret to it. it. It's that right. It's it's ensuring that you know it's hard to make a sale, right? It's hard. And it takes a lot of time to build a relationship with a, with a customer who's going to trust you. And so when you've done that, right, when you've put in the time and the effort, you want to make sure that you're looking ahead and you understand that that customer's, where their business is going, where they want to go, what their dreams are, right? Where, where do they want to take their business? And you're providing solutions for them along the way. 
And, and it's, 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 it's something that we tell our guys, right? Like upfront, like, you know, start with one thing that's the most important thing to your consumer. Um, and then constantly be reevaluated, right? That, that relationship is a constant relationship that needs nurturing, um, communicating, understanding their needs as well as they do. And being that expert to be able to put, put the product in front of them at the right point um, so that they're, they're buying and they're happy and they don't feel like it's a sale, right? They feel like you're consulting them on their company and you're helping them grow in this specific area that you're, that you're responsible for. Yeah, that's awesome because I know retention rate is definitely huge, but people need to feel validated knowing that they have somewhere to go. And if they don't have somewhere to go, then, then why if you just go to them and out of schedule, keep doing the same thing over and over again. And right. then when new opportunity comes, they're going to want to take it. So yeah, I, you know, yeah. The, the other thing, the other thing that I think is really important, especially if you're dealing with, with, with corporate sales reps, right? Because I kind of do a balance between the two, you know, corporate sales reps, you know, I sit down with them and I ask them, right, where I, I don't assume that anybody's going to retire from my company, right? I mean, that's, that, that would be a terrible assumption on, on my part of the business owner. So it's, it's, it's as simple as, you know, your employee is going to dedicate X amount of time to you, right? You're going to, you're going to pay the employee for that. But I sit down with my employees. I'm like, what's your dream? Like, and don't tell me your dream is to, you know, be a medical sales rep or it's to be, you know, uh, a cell phone sales rep, whatever it is, right? Like you want to be in real estate, you want to have your own company, whatever that dream is, right? Let's, let's understand what's driving our employees and let's help them build skill sets that lead them to that outcome. Right. So that, you know, when a sales rep, you know, leaves me, right, they leave me because they're going on to fulfill their dream. I'm happy, right? Like I've, I've done my job as a business owner. You know what I mean? Like this person has, has given me their time. I've obviously made, made my company's profited off this individual. Um, and in, in return, right, this, this individual has learned skill sets that maybe they didn't have when they first came to my organization. Um, and now they're able to go out there and do what their dream is, right? And hopefully, pass on that same mentality to their employees, right? So that this is, this is a constantly evolving network that you start to build. Um, I've had people who have left and come back, right? They, they thought the grass was greener. They were going to make a few more bucks. They go over there. They realize it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a number, you know, nobody really cares about me. Nobody's, you know, saying happy birthday to me or, or asking me like, where do I want to be in five years or, you know, know my kids' names or just, just these little things, right? And so, you know, building that relationship with your employees, building that relationship with your customers, I'm a relationship person, right? So I, I, I try to focus on, you know, my relationships with individuals, with corporations, right? I try to be an asset to them, whether they work for me or I work for them, right? It's, it's a, it's a two-way street. So it can't just be, hey, this is my company, you know, you're going to do it my way. There's no room for upward mobility. That's, that's not the way the world works, right? And so I think that that's, something that differentiates, you know, my companies from other people is I care. I care about my employees. I want to see them grow and, and develop and turn into whoever they want to be in the future. Don't you think that's a dangerous question to ask about like, what are your dreams and goals that you want to achieve? Cause I'm, I'm thinking about from the salesperson's standpoint, it's like, man, I don't want to tell them that I want to leave the company and go start my own company. Or I don't want to tell them that my dream is to do something different than what the job I'm actually applying for or that, I, that I'm working with because there'll be some I, hesitancy. I don't, right? Because, I mean, yeah. I, pre I preface it, you know what I mean? I kind of set the table and I'm like, listen, you know, um, I, I, and I say this look, verbatim, I literally, it would be great if you retired from my company, 
right? It would be great. I would love nothing more than you work the next 20, 30 years and you retire from my company. That would be fantastic. However, I'm realistic, right? I'm realistic. I understand how the world works. This may be, this may not be your dream job and that's okay. Right. Um, and I think, right, like as a business owner, as a leader, I think having those open conversations and, and being vulnerable yourself, right. By, by saying something like that, like, I would love it if, however, I realize that that's not right. The normal course of action, it, it allows two people to have a conversation. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't, I don't like, I want my people like that work for me. I want them to achieve whatever goals they have. During the time that they're with me, I will have goals that they need to achieve, but I also want them to feel fulfilled, right? That they're working towards something bigger that they have. And there are some people who are like, I really don't know. And that's great too, right? There, there's not a wrong answer, but if I'm going to invest my time and energy and into and, and somebody, right? I need to know what it is they want, right? How can I help them? And, and I think that when you do that, right? It is a double-edged sword. But I think you, I think you, you get a lot of respect, right, from from your employees that you can have those open conversations. I also tell them, you know, like the day you wake up and you just like you have a pit in your stomach, right, because you don't want to come to work because it's just it's just not an enjoyable thing anymore. We need to have a conversation. It doesn't mean you're fired. It means help me understand what struggles you're having right now so that I can do my job and try to make them better. There are some things that just can't be changed, right? There are some things about a job you have to do. And those things may be great, they may suck. It's it's a job. But if you're if you're if you're if you're coaching people on a deeper level, you can get through that stuff, right? I mean, these individuals are spending, you know, 40, 50 hours a week working for you. That's a lot of time they're 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 dedicating towards your company and your vision, your goals. I think it's only fair that as leaders, as business owners, we return that favor and understand what's driving our people. What, what can I do to help motivate them a little bit better or give them a skill set that they don't already have? Yeah, that, that's so important. Communi- communication and expectations is always going to win the game. I mean, and, and you're right. Setting that tone for that in the very beginning will help like address the elephant in the room, but also bring the, the anxiety and down. Because I know being on the other side, when you're the employee or the contractor or salesperson, whatever, you just don't know. It's like, okay, if I say this, will this happen? So as the leader, someone like you that goes in and you're setting the tone for that, you bring the anxiety down. I just think it just sets for a much better work environment for everyone. And, so that's- and now a word from our sponsors. Stuck in growth and need more time to serve your clients? Let J.R. Spear and his Creed Consulting team help. We offer a full done-for-you service, strategizing and building your program to scale fast. From video shoots to web design and automation, we've got you covered. Our expertise gives you more time to deliver the quality your clients deserve. Ready to build faster and serve better? Call us today at 314-221-9216 and let's kickstart your coaching program and build the quality of product your clients deserve. And now back to the show. Travis, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've been doing so far. We dive in a little bit of your history, what's working on how to actually keep uh, your sales team moving forward with your company. But I'm very interested in learning what you're doing now and then what you're doing to actually help improve and excel your sales process for your team. Yeah. So 
Um, right now, I'm actually back in the telecom internet space. Um, so came back to work with a mutual friend of ours, Sam um, Sala, who's going to be one of our speakers at the events as well. So Sam has the largest um, direct sales uh, internet company in the United States right now. Um, and so, you know, primarily they focus on, they, they go out with these ISPs, which is an internet service provider when they lay new fiber. Um, they have a couple hundred door-to-door -door guys that go out and, and, and go into these uh, new markets, fresh fibers laid, AT&T, Zipley, some of our major partners, um, and sell directly to consumers. And so that's been going great for Sam. He is opening a new channel up right now, which is national retail. And so currently we're looking to staff about 100 national retail locations, um, Targets, Best Buys, Fred Meyers, uh, with, with salespeople. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a large, you know, that's a, that's a large thing to, to, to try to kind, of, uh, to kind of accomplish. And so strategically, we've got a couple markets where we're testing this out in right now. Um, but it's, it's the same sales process, which we'll go through, that I've used in, you know, door-to-door -door sales. I've used in medical sales, selling hospitals, selling, you know, uh, investment services, whatever it is, right? Uh, a sales process is just a process, right? It just helps you make sure you're kind of fulfilling all the check marks um, and providing really that, what we call that ideal customer experience. Um, and so I don't know if you want me to get into it now or, or how you want me to do it, but I can get into it. Yeah, let's dive process. right into it. Cool. So, so our process is actually called, you know, it's an acronym, IDEAL. Um, so that stands for, um, the I is for introduction, the D is determining needs, the E is educating the customer, A is asking for the sale, and L is legal lasting impression. And why this is so important is, you know, when, especially fresh salespeople, um, they start talking to somebody, they're just excited, right? They're excited or, you know, you've got a guy who's going out there and he got a lunch with a physician's office. Um, so they're excited and they want to, they want to basically word vomit, you know what I mean? On, on, the, on the customer and tell them all the great things that are going on. And so this process allows them to really kind of follow step by step. So with the introduction, pretty simple, right? Making sure you're introducing yourself, shaking hands, eye contact, all, all the things that, that are important to kind of start that relationship. And then the D on determining needs, I think is really important, right? We always have something that we want to sell, but it may not be what the customer needs. And so determining needs is an important part of this whole process, right? Asking open-ended questions, really understanding what, what you know, your, your consumer is looking for, um, how to best kind of present that stuff to them. And so right now, you know, that, that's where um, we spend a lot of our time with, with new sales reps, right? Really understanding making sure they understand what it is the customer is looking for, because that flows right into E, which is educating the customer. And we're educating the customer on how our solutions fit the needs that we just uncovered. Um, and, and educating them on not just, you know, the products we have right now, but how multiple products kind of fit into what they're doing. Um, A, Ask for the sale. I can't tell you how many sales reps go through a phenomenal pitch. They've, they've laid it all out there. The, the customer loves it. And then they just stop, right? They just, they just, they just stop. And, and so it's always important to make sure that you're asking for the sale. And, 
you know, with any of these, there's multiple techniques, and we'll, we'll get into this at our live event. There's multiple techniques that you can utilize, right, to make sure, you know, what type of questions are you asking, right? How do you ask for the sale, right? There's multiple ways you can ask for the sale. Um, and then L is leave a lasting impression, right? So making sure that we're asking for referrals, making sure that that customer knows that you are their expert at this thing that you're doing, right? Whether it's medical, whether it's internet, whether it's cell phones, you're their guy, you're their girl, right? Everyone wants to have that person. Um, so when their friends are like, hey, you know, I'm having an issue with X, Y, and Z, everyone wants to be that person who's like, I got somebody for you, right? And so we wanna be that person. And so leaving that lasting impression, making sure that we're doing our follow-up calls, making sure that, you know, especially in the medical field, you're going in, you know, you're touching base with your accounts, um, you're, you're starting the farming process, right? Because that's, that's the difference between, hey, I'm making a living or, hey, I have a phenomenal life, right? It really comes down to, are you farming or are you hunting? Because if all you're doing is hunting and you're a, you're a one-time one sale with a customer, that's great. But if you're a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, you know, sale with that with that same customer, that's that's where you really start to build, you know, um, your income starts to, you know, 10x, as, as some people like to say, because you know, you're you you don't have to go out there and, and beat down doors all over, right? You've got this customer base and you're utilizing it. And so, you know, that way when I walk in I'm talking to a sales rep, we're reviewing a sale, we're reviewing the day. You know, I always ask, right, did we provide the ideal customer experience, right? Because that customer wants to have an experience, right? And we want to make sure that we're providing the ideal customer experience. And that leads right back into reinforcing that with our, with our sales reps, right? Teaching and then reinforcing. So they're always thinking ideal, right? Ideal. So this acronym sticks in their head. And if there's a breakdown in the sale, we can actually go in and find out where were you strong, right? You had a strong introduction, you know, you, you, did you really determine that customer's needs, right? We can break that down and, and start to coach and mentor on specific items, not just on general things like, hey, your sales, your sales are not good today. What's going on, mm -hmm. right? Or, or this month you missed or this year you missed, however you want to quantify it. We can get in and understand where's there a gap in understanding, right? Where did we miss on that sale and how can I coach you and be very, you know, I'd rather be a sniper than a shotgun. You know, I want to I want to make sure we get to the root cause of, of why you didn't make that sale. And so we'll go back to our we'll go back to our sales process and, and walk through it and you know ask them how was your introduction? You know, did what did that customer really need? You know, and the other thing that I think is really important for all salespeople, right? Is if you're selling a product, you're gonna do okay, right? Depending on your product. But if you can tie that product into an emotion, if you sell emotion. That's, I think that's key. So let's just say, for example, you're selling internet or cell phones, right? You're not selling the cell phone, right? You're selling a connection with family members. You know what I mean? Like, tell me about the last time you couldn't reach out to a family member um, and you missed an important meeting, right? Or you missed, you missed something important with a family member or a friend or so on and so on. And you start to get people emotionally invested in what it is that you're selling. And if you can sell an emotion, you're going to win every time, right? Because we're emotional, we're emotional beings, you know, human beings are very emotional. And so, you know, I think it's, I think it's important when you're determining those needs to really start listening for those key phrases that tie into an emotion 
and then utilizing that when you're educating that customer on the on the products that you have, tying that emotion back into it and making them feel something. And that's that's when you get sticky customers, and that's when you get people who you know come back to you for years and years and years and continue to buy. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I want to go back to like the whole farming thing when it, with your customer or with, with your customers, because I talk to a lot of professionals and gosh, even in the sales world, when they think of farming, it's like they, they call check and be like, hey, just was thinking about you and just want to know if you need anything. And to me, I'm like, OK, don't waste my time. Why are you calling me just right. to say hi or whatever? But I'm sure you and your experience and the professionalism <laughs> you got, what, what are some of your techniques when it comes to farming your clients and your customers? So I think I think what's important is that, you know, this, you know, the sales process is not a one time thing. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's it's kind of the roadmap to how you should be managing your relationships. And so once you get the introduction done, that's done. But other than that, you know, the determining needs constantly changes because your customers needs constantly change. And right. And so you need to spend a ton of time really understanding your customer, you know, in this interaction, maybe you sell them on day one on something small, but you should be calling them back three days later, right? Hey, how's that product working for you? You know, tell me about how your, how your experience is with that. Um, you know, really getting to the root of, of what's driving that, that behavior of that consumer, right? Understanding why they're making the decisions that they're making. And then understanding, you know, people love to talk about themselves. You know what I mean? Like they, they love to talk about themselves. And so, you know, asking the proper open-ended questions and really understanding, you know, where that customer is going, right? What, where are they going to be a year from now, two years from now? What are their, what, what's their vision? You know what I mean? Like as, as, as coaches in entrepreneur world, we talk a lot about vision and mission and, and, and what's going on with the company. But the same thing is true about an individual, right? People have visions and, and they, they want to be a certain place. And if you can understand that, but if you can understand what's driving your consumer, then you know how to be one step ahead, right? And so if you understand, right, keeping in contact with my family is paramount to me, um, this is really important, then, then I know, right, like when I'm calling you back and I'm touching base with you, I'm going to bring that up, right? I'm going to take you back to that emotional piece, nugget that I got out of you. And I'm going to stay on that, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hound in on that. And I'm going to make sure I understand, right? Currently today, are we meeting your needs? But how are those needs going to evolve over time? And the thing is, is right, like whether you're selling a doctor, you're selling an individual, you're whoever you're selling, right? Like people are people, they're very similar. And so when you figure out what's really moving the needle on one person, usually it's very consistent kind of across the board, right? Businesses are always looking for the same thing, right? They want to cut costs, they want to improve efficiency, they want to improve the bottom line, right? Physicians. They want to save lives. They want to help their patients, right? They want to save money on their patients, on, on their patients to save money on their, on their needs. So when you understand who your target market is and you understand that consumer, you can make it applicable when you're following up, right? You're not just like, hey, man, calling the check-in. What's going on? How's it going, right? Like, I'm calling you for a purpose, right? And I think that's important. We always tell people, like, what's the purpose of this call? Like, if you're just calling to say hi, don't. Don't waste their time, but call with a purpose. And so understanding what that purpose is and then taking it back to that individual, right? How's it working? What's going on? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? You know, I think that's something that people don't ask a lot. What do you not like about the solution that I provided for you? You're going to get a bunch of feedback off that. One, you're going to get feedback on how to do your job better. 
But two, you're going to understand, okay, the solution that I had for this customer, it fit kind of, but maybe I can get an even better solution to, to upsell them or to add on, right? And continuing to have those conversations around what their needs are because their needs constantly change. And now a word from our sponsors. Ready to elevate your coaching business and make a profound impact? Discover your roadmap in J.R. Spears' book, The Success Guide to Building Your Coaching Empire. Immerse in wisdom earned through years of successful coaching, presenting a strategic battle plan to navigate challenges and seize opportunities. Don't just survive, but thrive in your industry. Get your copy at www.jrspear.com today. Let this guide be your companion in your journey to a powerful coaching empire. Transform your business and make a bigger impact now.